Hello, how are you doing? Welcome along to the Sport and Life podcast. I'm Ed Draper, a sports broadcaster by day, the podcaster in association with Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. Around the corner from me in the courtyard in Montpellier, Jason Briggs and his team, very much open for business now after the lockdown, so get in touch with them. Cytoplan.co.uk, immunity, health might be on your mind. Hopefully this whole crazy situation around the pandemic and the tragedies involved will be a catalyst for, I guess, an awareness over public health issues, maybe more direction towards exercise, sleep, well-being. Hopefully we can tackle some of the issues that are prevalent in the West of of the world with diabetes, type 2 diabetes, obesity, heart disease, all those kind of related things to lifestyle. Um, but this podcast is association with cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, company that my family has been involved in. My father's been a, a sort of advisor there, helped design supplements for the past couple of decades. He's a nutritionist and a GP, a general practitioner in the UK. And you can see a couple of podcasts, maybe three podcasts I've done with him over the summer around coronavirus. And we talk about supplementation and what we need to boost immunity. And if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, I take foundation formula and Immunivite currently, and also some fish oil as my staples. You can get a 10% discount with the association with the podcast, which thank you to Cytoplan for that. So cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And with the code DRAPER10, my last name, all capitals, D-R-A-P-E-R, the number 1010, you get a 10% discount. So please uh, uh, enjoy that if you uh, if you feel inclined. I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast coming up. Michael Venom Page, mixed martial artist, been interviewing him for Sky Sports on the YouTube page. I've had to pivot a little bit. My uh, day job as a broadcaster for Sky Sports News, 24-hour sports news station, uh, has kind of been impacted a little bit by coronavirus, not uh, fortunately in terms of my employment but in the sense that we're only going into the studio a couple of times a week versus our normal four anti-social shifts so uh that means i've been able to do some digital contribution and this has been some youtube interviews this is the latest of those that i've been doing with mixed martial artists and boxers for sky sports youtube page you can watch it there as well see uh, the video see my mug and uh, see what you think of this. Michael Venom Page talking about fighting, talking about the lockdown, talking about the impact on his career, but talking about his uh, optimism for the future in terms of focusing on mixed martial arts because he has been a boxer, has kickboxed before as well. Uh, also talk about significant things like the quest for equality, his thoughts and ruminations on the Black Lives Matter movement. He's also involved in a separate organisation in terms of the champion in guess equality and egalitarian society a fairer society one that we're makes us cognizant of subconscious bias which we may not be aware of he says he wasn't aware of even as a black man necessarily and a lot of white people who haven't received that subconscious bias in terms of stop and search the way we're treated in shops etc etc uh may not be aware of it and i think the last few weeks have been illuminating for me chatting to black men and women about their experiences in the uk and this is no different i hope you enjoy it i hope you're well Thank you for hitting on the button, and I will uh, speak to you again after this uh, interview. Michael Venom Page, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. How's the, how's the lockdown been for you? How's how's weight? How's training? How's the, the whole process yeah. been in terms of that? Um, it, yeah, it's, I think for everybody, um, it's it's difficult. You have it, having to adjust, um, especially for us at the, at the beginning because obviously gyms closed down, um, having to. Uh, uh, just adjust the way we train um it's also the the motivation the self motivation is, is very difficult when you're doing things by yourself uh, you don't you, you kind of really appreciate how much team means in in those moments although we had you know it's an individual sport in terms of what the people see mm. us being in the cage but it, it really is a team a team effort to get you there um and as you say the you know um, even when we, because we're our, te- our our gyms now an elitist gym or classes an elitist gym, so anybody that is a, a professional can actually go in and train now. Hmm. It's still, you know, we 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 were doing you know certain slots here and there, and everyone's rotating because there's quite a few of us. We couldn't all be in there at the same time. So um, even that, I I didn't realize how much I'm actually in the gym. So you know, <laughs> I, I finish my session, I get home, and you got the whole day 
to yeah. just sitting there and then you end up just watching shows and, and eating and <laughs> you, end up putting on, you put on a lot of weight. <laughs> how, how much how much has the process been dealing with with uncertainty as regards that in terms of your motivation as well? Being on your, your own is difficult, but not knowing when things are going to come back. And I know like any fighter, I've, I've read through your resume and there's always been fights that were due to be made that didn't be made, yeah. you know, people were injured. There's always uncertainty in, in fighting, but I suppose this is a, a new level of uncertainty. Yeah, it definitely is a, a new level. I think everyone just like 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 any like every industry is just kind of paying attention to what the, our governments are saying, um, and just you know in in hope to to slowly be able to get back in back into whatever normality is going to be when we when we get back to it. Um, but it, it yeah, it, for me, I don't know. Um, it, it it was a nice break. Uh, I think certain things, even just driving through London at certain times, going to the gym, it was just, it was just, it was a nice breath of fresh, fresh air to not have so much traffic to go through because literally nobody was on the road. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's still, it's still, it's just a difficult adjustment for I think for anybody. So um, now, like anybody, I think we're all eager to kind of get back to our, our, our what we do best and what we enjoy um so yeah we're now just kind of waiting on our our shows you know ufc has started back i think bellator starting this month as well um so we again it's slightly different for us because we're not in the states it's going to take a little bit extra time but um there is progress so at least we can see something's coming soon so it's good yeah, we'll talk more about the permutations and hopefully we get a Bellator announcement very soon on, on fight cards as well. But I wanted to talk to you about um, what's happened in the United States that was the catalyst, the death of George Floyd. Obviously, the Black Lives Matter movement's now swept mm-hmm. to, across the world. What are your overall reflections on it? I know you went to a London rally with Derek Chisora, obviously world-level mm-hmm. contender boxer in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, are you feeling optimistic by what you've seen? What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, again, uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunate as the actual, the you know, the George Floyd incident was, uh, as you say, is the catalyst now. It did start something that is, to be fair, I feel like there was an underlying, um, there, was a, there was a tone there almost waiting to, for something to happen to, to, for this to kind of, to catapult into the, to, into the headlines and, and, and into the forefront of everybody's uh, minds. Um, it has been a difficult time uh, for, especially in America. And it's weird, I, I, even for myself, it's only now that I'm actually doing even more research that I realize how bad it actually was um, and how bad it still is. Um, but I think there has been a lot of positive change uh, change come, to, uh, come, to, uh, come to, to light from a lot of people because, you know, everyone's been forced to kind of... Um, uh, just pay attention and actually just and see how they themselves are either a part of it or, or can maybe just help. And mm. I think for me, like um, with regards to this racism, obvious racism is not our is not our problem. I think everybody can identify when something is wrong. Um, so like the George Floyd incident, you know, I think nineteen ninety nine point nine people can actually say, yeah, that was definitely that should it shouldn't have happened that way. But it's it's it's, in, it's implicit bias that is what um is for me is more damaging. It's when you don't realise that you're actually a part of the issue. Um, but I think a lot of people, because of this incident, are now starting to that awareness is now coming forward. Um, so I, I I genuinely believe this time there's going to be a, a a positive change from it. That's good. I think a lot of white people like myself, you mentioned the education, knew the history of of racial injustice but weren't aware actually when you speak to black colleagues black friends and about what was still ongoing that sort of subconscious bias like you say which was was interesting one of someone i know who lives near me actually is from gloucester one of the ufc pioneers mark weir um who who now is from taekwondo background and coaches taekwondo now and he's always been very matter of fact about sort of the overt racism but i know he's been talking about some of the, the sort of um, more subconscious stuff in Taekwondo as well. He was on Sky Sports. What are your thoughts with mixed martial arts? Is, is fighting an egalitarian world more of an egalitarian world because you, you can prove yourself in the ring or, or the politics sometimes if you experience racism? What's your assessment of that? Again, for me, in, in terms of um, just like very obvious or direct racism, it doesn't happen. You know, people are, are either a fan of yours or not. But um, there are politics involved. And 
for certain fighters, some people, some fighters have actually said it already as well, and it does feel racist. I don't believe it's a racist thing. I, I, I believe it is. Um, it's market. It's a bit of marketing. It's a bit of. Um, so, for, for example, I think there's a lot of uh, fighters that buy a lot. Sorry, a lot of the fans that buy into the sport um, are predominantly white, and in in, in America, uh, especially the white Americans are really into. The, the mixed martial arts so a lot of the times you do buy into athletes that are more familiar uh, yeah. uh, to yourself um, and I think that unfortunately even when they do appreciate you can appreciate there's, there's obvious people like you know the Anderson Silvers everyone still appreciated but in terms of buying into that movement it's a very different uh, it's, it's very different so um, I feel there's there's biases there but that again it's not one of those things that anybody's going to be aware of so um I, I like for me I've, I've said before i think I, I genuinely believe if i was if i was white and i was doing the same things that i had i've been doing in the cage i would have way more of a, a bigger fan base just because more people that are buying into the sport would buy into myself mm. being yeah. more familiar um but um i've never really i've never experienced racism in in that sense and like i said if people appreciate you and you're doing your job as you say in the cage they appreciate mm. you but whoever People don't necessarily buy into you, and that changes how um, promoters then promote you. Because it, you know, I feel like I have to work even harder, and I have to do even more of my antics to to kind of be like I'm here. You know, you, you know, support me as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but I, again, I don't find it very. I don't find it racist per se. Mm. I just find that just that's just the, that's just you know, unfortunately, in in the black. Uh, community especially in the UK they don't necessarily buy into it these things I've got a lot of people that are fans of mine that have never been to an event they, whereas you know if it was uh, uh, I relate this to the obvious like the Conor McGregor everyone will buy and make sure they're looking to get that ticket and be and actually be present uh, for these shows and I think you can see with those kind of sales the promoter can definitely see and then they're more inclined to promote you even more and just push you out. You get more advertising, you get more sponsorship. It's, I've, I've always had a difficult time with sponsorships and stuff, regardless of my record and my style. I've always struggled to get that. And I think I genuinely believe if I, if, you know, if I, was, if I was white and I had that kind of support, it wouldn't be as difficult. I'm just, just curious. We'll talk more about boxing later on because you've got your, your proud 2-0 record in, in boxing, two <laughs> knockout wins as well. We'll talk about the technical aspects of, of crossing over and we'll talk about Derek Chisora as well in that regard because the rumours yeah. of him going into MMA. But on the, the racism side, did, from what you've experienced, the window, the knowing boxers, do you feel it's less prominent? Because obviously we've seen, I suppose, some of the world's best paid boxers are black. They're, they're non-white athletes. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely feel, I think in, in boxing... Um, it's been around such a long time now as well. And I think, you know, there's so many black athletes have proven themselves uh, in the sport. I think it's more of a, it's more of a common thing to um, see black su uh, superstars in that sport. Um, so I think we've gone way past that point of just buying into, you know, what is familiar within the boxing world. I'm, again, I'm sure there's, there is, they're going to be their own struggles. I'm not in it enough to know the the other part like the political sides behind it um you know i've only really just touched touched the surface um so i haven't again haven't experienced anything negative at all mm. uh, i've actually been treated really really well but again it's because i'm coming from a place where people already know who i am um so that definitely helps but um, i think it is more, way more common in in uh, in this industry and it's 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 way more it's been around so much longer um and you've got fans from from all ages you know people that have really truly grown up with boxing so mm. it's definitely a lot more accepted a lot more accepted there to buy into whoever they you know is your favorite yeah it's a big pioneer I mean Jack Johnson Joe Lewis going back 100 years or so so it's a huge so many, huge just so many history. so many mm. yeah well, we'll talk more about the, the boxing crossover but tell us about the, the, the movement that you're involved in specifically as well to suppose the goal being to, to create an equal world, which I suppose is what everyone wants when they're kids. But tell us a little bit about that and, and how, how you might see your work come to fruition. Yeah, with the, within the politic, the political side. Yeah, mm. no, the, so the TTIP um, is a, a taking the initiative party. So we're um, a, a good friend of mine, very uh, established in the business world. He's been 
kind of setting this thing up from like 2016 um, and really just been pushing to, he's already seen before any of this even kicked off, he saw exactly where the biases are um, through his own personal experiences in, in business. Um, and again, he's, he's, he's extremely successful. So he's pulled together a lot of um, uh, different multicultural groups um, and his, his message is more just one voice and, and actually just having a voice um, because, you know, we scream and we shout and we protest, but we're not involved in any of the decision making that's going on. And there was, a, um, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the, the, the reporter or the actual person, he's, I think is a, a person within Boris's party. There, she, a lady was interviewing him and she, you know, she was asking a clear question of, you know, how many black people are you representing your party? And he was kind of like trying to dodge and typical politics, trying to dodge and sway the question. Oh, no, we got this. And he named a couple of people uh, in, in the Asian community. And she was like, no, well, we're, we're talking specifically in the black community because of the issues that's kind of, you know, come to light. And, and long story short, they realize they, actually, they don't have that kind of representation. Um, so I think for me, I sat down with my friend we kind of went over thing I, I don't i don't like to get into politics i i, I prefer to just focus on my job um mm. but there's certain times where it's like no it's important because I, I uh any even if it's a small struggle any small struggles that i've had or anybody i've seen have i would love to know that we're making steps that the next generation doesn't have to have those you know wouldn't even feel those things um, and maybe only hear about it in their history lessons of, 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 of and so on. So I feel like it's definitely important for us to, um, for, with, with this movement and for me to be involved in this movement, uh, to actually trying to be a part of a group that is putting more multicultural people that actually genuinely hear um, the, the, the biases that are going on and actually going to push those those messages forward to, help with the what's going on with, with the people that are actually making these decisions and actually be involved and actually sit around the table with these people and be a part of those decisions so um it's definitely important yeah yeah no it's definitely important so it's, it's a significant issue um and one that we've seen sort of pushback for in, in certain instances like the the banner at the etihad situation where there was a white lives matter banner i just wondered in view of what you talk about education and awareness, I think a lot of people, particularly white people, perhaps working class white people, don't feel they're particularly advantaged. Is that, but they're just unaware of, of how disadvantaged black people are in certain situations. And yeah, I think it's exactly that. I think, I think they're just not aware. Um, and, and this is where I'm like, when I say implicit bias, that included me. And I think a lot of the times, going through the stuff now i'm sitting back and actually going what 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 am i doing or not doing that's actually you know um adding to these 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 constant biases and and um I, i've done from even myself i i feel like i'm not educated enough and i'm still constantly going back and reading more and looking into stuff now um that i feel like i should have been I should have I should have been raised on and even I remember feeling even when I was younger a lot younger when any anybody that used to kind of talk to me about um you know racism and or they they got they got into things that to, to do with slavery and stuff I this was my thought process and I'm talking when I was about 12 13 and I was I was like I don't understand why people are still complaining this was so long ago that was mm. my that was my, my my perspective when I was younger and that's because when I was, anytime you were taught about these things, it was made to feel so far, um, far behind us. So I didn't get why people were still complaining. And that's me being in, within the, the black community. Um, it's only when, again, even now when I'm doing more and more research mm. that I'm understanding how wrong I was, you know what I mean? Um, mm. To even say that and how present this, this, this stuff still is. Um, so I, I can only imagine from somebody from sitting in, in, in uh, you know, where they don't see this at all. Now, I've, I, I grew up in rough areas. And even when it came to like stop and search and things, and when that was massive, I, I used to get stopped all the time. But I didn't see it as a racist thing because every young, in my head, it was just a youngster. I, I'm just a youngster. Everybody around me mm. were getting stopped and searched for, for nothing. 
So it, you know, it was almost like a, you know, the youngsters versus police versus like actually being a racist, a racism thing. But again, as I'm, as I got older, I'm like, I actually was, I was in an area with just uh, black and Asians. So mm-hmm. although I, I thought it was just youngsters, it, it was just young black people and young Asians. That was a, you know, that was experiencing those things. When I spoke to, uh, so I've made so many good friends in multiple different communities. Anytime I speak to my white friends, they're like, oh, wow, I haven't even been, I've never been stopped by the police. And you're like, oh, okay. So it is something that was just distinct to these kind of areas. Um, and yeah, it's for me, it, again, as you say, sometimes even in the black community, we should just. Um, going on now um but um it, yeah i think it's just important for everybody to be educated and i i I'm, i don't i'm not in agreement with like black history month anymore i think it should just be history wherever you fall whether you fall on the, the right side of the history or the or, or you know the good side of history or the bad side of history i think it should just be history and if everybody's made a bit more aware of how things have come to to how to you know how things are you know today then it's easier for both sides to have an appreciation of each other mm. and, and, and actually really pay attention to, like I said, their own, their own biases. Yeah, we'll get, to the, we'll get to the fighting in just a second. But one, I just wanted to put something past you because you're speaking very, very deeply and, and sort of thoughtfully about it. I spoke to Matt Skelton last week, who was a former kickboxer, but people will know him probably in the UK for being European boxing champion as, as well from, from Bedford, the Bedford Bear. And he's working with communities now. He's got a real empathetic approach to it he's a he's a black man from the, the caribbean heritage originally from his, his family and he says that he tries to sit down and talk with people and wants to to talk with people from all backgrounds about racism and, and why they might have certain beliefs and, and, and explain why certain things may be offensive or deemed racist mm-hmm. you and i are a white man and a black man talking now how important is that just to get over that feeling of uncomfortableness about things like you say the, the slavery aspect things that white people have been uncomfortable perhaps about talking about and that emphasis on let's move forward that sometimes perhaps we have to to kind of explore those issues to to kind of get an understanding and and be able to understand each other i completely agree with that um i think having more sit downs like this informal formal it just allows to just to hear both sides of the story a bit a bit more a bit more regularly um these uh, yeah i think these talks it's only again i don't get into the politics online i don't like to i don't really like to speak about it um, but I have these conversations a lot with my family, my friends, close friends, and we have deep conversations all the time. Um, but these are the things, these are, this is why I'm kind of involved now. I feel like it is, is, is important for me to actually spread the message and um, how I see it from, from my point of view, but spread it to people that are maybe um, not comfortable with, with these things. Like, I think everybody should be comfortable with it. It's our, I always say it's our history, regardless of what it is. It's our history. Um, so I think everyone should be comfortable. Like I, I find, um, again, I've found in, in different communities, um, white people struggle to even say the word black. They, find, they don't know where to go. So they yeah. end up and actually saying the wrong word because mm. of how uncomfortable they are with actually just describing and using the word black to describe somebody mm. um and i find i find that shows a lot of i don't know what whatever there should be more comfortability to just to say black or white it's because mm. that's what it is um and i think if we spoke more and everybody was able to have these kind of uh, conversations you'd see what you'd understand what's offensive and what's not offensive and then mm. it'd be easy to say yes that black man or that young black man or that young black woman you're over there and this and you know it's, it's it'll be a lot easier more, um, we can have more open conversations about things yeah be more relaxed i think which would be, be very helpful for, for everyone but thank you mark i really appreciate your insight on, on that topic as well as to say speaking so candidly on it let's talk let's talk fighting now though uh yeah. last fight december um yeah. been a while out of the cage then how are you feeling have you got any any kind of ideas of, of when you might be back what you're working towards yeah, well, just obviously, as you say, all kind of waiting, waiting for Bellator to kind of not only just start their shows again, but also talk about when they're going to be able to come to Europe and start their shows. So at the moment, I'm going to struggle to get over to the States. Um, so it, it's a case, again, of waiting for when they're able to start shows. There's been talks of, I believe there's been talks of an Irish show happening. Um, so, you know, I, I can't remember exactly when, but um, I think that may be the first one. Um, and then they hopefully start in 
couple of uh, um, European uh, shows. And as soon as that the doors open, I want to be the <laughs> I want to be the one opening that door and kind of uh, kicking it off. Um, I think everybody's tied away, and there's going to be so many so many people with their hands up, like pick me, pick me, ready to go. Um, but I, I'm it's like I said, there's been negatives, but there's also been positives. Being able to train and have a bit more freedom of creativity because when you don't have an opponent, a specific opponent, you're not working on specific things to, you know, to match that person. You, you have a bit more free reign to be, and I'm, I'm a creative person. So I love to pull out crazy moves and do just, just do crazy stuff. So it allows me in this time, it has allowed me to be a lot more undisciplined, mm. but it, it, it allows my creativity to come. Some of the moves that I can, I'm, I'm pulling out now, it's a, uh, it's been great. So now I have to just like start to refine it and actually be able to match it to, you know, when I actually get an opponent, be able to match it to that, that person's style. I look forward, look forward to seeing some of that stuff. But how's the body feeling then? Is it, you mentioned the positives. Are you feeling healed? Have certain niggles cleared up due to, I guess, not hitting people? Well, I, I, w- I would love to say yes. <laughs> I would love to say yes. But again, my, my coach is, uh, he's serious when it comes to training. So like, regard, even, even in the shortest time, I don't even know how he does it. We can have the shortest session, and he can he he can manage to beast you in a way that I've never I've never seen anybody be able to do. <laughs> um, so we are still pushing ourselves quite hard, and one of his his main reasons for that is because he knows they they could come back at any time. It, it may be a surprise. You just want to be ready, but in in trying to keep yourself that prepared, you 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 know we really are going at it, and your your body does your body does feel it um so it, it's nice at the same time because there's no rush anytime there is anything that is pushing i'm pushing a bit too much i i, I can't afford to be like look i need to i need to just have a rest um and just and t- take a bit of a break whereas when you've got an opponent coming you have to figure it out you have to find a way around it and keep going so um again that that side of it's nice yeah about finding the time where you want to peak as well isn't it i suppose fitness wise and and technically as well what do you what do you want in terms of a, a comeback fight do you do you feel like you, you want some sort of tune up or, or warm up or do you think everyone's in the same boat so let's just get the, the big matches on now and get the the fans some excitement oh yeah i would just go straight in for the i'd just i'd jump straight in the deep end i i um <laughs> I've I've done it before. Everyone kind of um, always asks me because I've had a couple a bit of time out before one of my fights. I'm sure it was like nine months, something ridiculous. Mm. Um, and everyone's like, you know, how are you feeling? You feeling a bit rusty? Da, da, da. I no, I'm I I feel like I'm sharp enough uh, to to jump straight back in. Um, and as you say, everyone's kind of in the same in the same boat, so it's it's, it's fair game to, in my opinion. So I'm just looking forward to just putting on a show getting back in showing some new tricks and just getting, yeah just getting some fights back under, under under the belt and get going again yeah well it's been a great career today hasn't it the one blip on it was douglas lima um you've yeah. been campaigning for that rematch he's though scheduled to fight um jagar musassi for the vacant middleweight uh, yeah. title uh, that's been postponed obviously due to the, the covid virus paul daly has talked about an interim title match or would that be something interest you daily again not really, not really. Um, if if you know if the if the promotion wants it, then I I, I happily I happily do it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't care too much. Again, yeah, he it, it was kind of overplayed. I think you know I think he he sold everybody down the river with regards to that fight. Everyone thought it was going to be a great stand up match, <laughs> and um, he kind of uh, sheeped out of it. Um, and just you know, try try to play it, try to play it tactfully, uh, and still kind of messed up. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care too much to have have that to have a rematch. But if it, if it came down to it, and like I said, if the promotion wants it, happy, I'm happy to punch him in the face again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, my my main focus at, at right now is to get the um, is to get the title. You know, and it's specifically because of who has the title and the fact that that's that is uh that would be not only a a great title fight to 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 you know to receive the title but also you know i get to have a have a bit of a do over yeah. from the first how, one. how would you do it differently um it's weird because it's it, i i honestly believe i was everything was going according to plan 
and it was due to my own overexcitement because everything was going going uh, according to plan. Uh, even to like I, I rocked him just before I got caught, um, and even afterwards, even he, he said he was still days after the fight, and he was speaking <laughs> about him kind of like I don't even know where he hit me. He's like, he, you know, he's actually stated at how fast you know he, he, he's he's like I've ne- he's never come up with anybody as fast as myself, um, and I think I've, I think I've gotten faster as well. So. Um, for me, it's just being more composed. And weird enough, I, I usually, I usually am. But I, in that moment, I just genuinely got so excited because every, literally, everything we were training, everything we were, we thought was going to happen, was happening. Um, and uh, yeah, I just need to be a little bit more composed uh, in this rematch. And mm. I think he had. I don't think he believe he can do anything. He can do anything different. But I believe I can definitely do a lot, a lot different. Is that about the power of experience? Is it the sort of emotional side of it and how you, how you control your, your state when you're in there? Well, yeah, 100%. It's weird because, like I said, because I am massively experienced in terms of combat, not, not specifically MMA, but in terms of combat, I've had so many fights. I've been competing since I was five years old. So, and it's just every weekend we're going somewhere, shows, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot. So, but at the same time, you're only human. You can always, it's, it's always very easy in a moment to get caught up. And, um, and in that moment, um, that overexcitement may, just may, may help me make a, a mistake that at this level can just change, change a fight uh, drastically, which it, which it did. So, um, yeah, um, I just, because I know where I need to be now, it's going to be even easier to manage my, manage my um, excitement. So when I'll just keep going until, I finish on the right side, my hands raised, and then I can let, let that burst of excitement come out. Yeah, well, it must be difficult when you've caught someone, like you say, especially a big opponent like that. Um, mention Paul Daly again. He's counting down to his retirement. He said, by the way, if he did get the rematch, there'd be no wrestling or no takedowns is apparently his, uh, his guarantee. Um, but he says three fights until his retirement. What kind of legacy do you feel he has for British MMA and, and the sport generally? Um. I've, again, it's 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 a weird one with him. Um, I think uh, you know he was around when there was not many, you know, UK British. The, nobody in the UK was uh, doing what he was doing. Um, I think he actually ruined his moment when he had that blip in the UFC, and he's kind of struggled to get back to that type of status again. He's you know, people within the industry know who he is and respect him. But in terms of getting out to the masses, I think he's he's struggled. And it, it, I think he does. I think I've always said this from the beginning. I feel like he is very jealous of what he's seen from me. So I've come in. I'm the new kid on the block, but I've I've made such a statement. I've made so much noise, <laughs> and you know, people were comparing me to him a lot. Um, two guys in the same division, UK guys from you know from London originally. He was obviously he's moved up to Nottingham, but um, I think he didn't like the fact that I was getting that comparison so quickly. So there was a you know it, it brought it brought to light eventually a lot of uh, 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 hate and jealousy that he, he had of me. And I think again he's just trying to he's trying to get he's trying to get something back from you know trying to get a fight with me and actually trying to change the decision that happened uh uh in our in, in our original fight but his legacy for me i think his most famous fight is a fight that he's lost and that's what's unfortunate and it's because he didn't give himself enough enough time in the ufc i i i, I respect him in terms of i respect his talents his power he's got crazy power left and right hand um I don't think I don't find him very well rounded, but he is strong defending, you know, um, uh, wrestling takedowns and uh, defending submissions. Yeah, he knows what positions he's supposed to be in, and he he's very obvious about what he wants to do. You know, I, want, I don't care about doing anything else. I want to stand up and, and I want to knock you out. And it's great for for fans. It's it's, it's a it's a it's a style that a lot of fans would like. But unfortunately, his legacy is not much. I, mean, I, I do believe that's down to his own um, undisciplined actions. Uh, in terms of his personality being so wild. Um, so I don't believe he's going to have much of a legacy. People will respect him if you know uh, of the, the main people within the UK that have done really well. The Michael Bispins, uh, uh, Brad Pickett. Um, you know, you've got, there's so many people, Jim Moorhead, there's so many people that have kind of come up and done really well. Um, 
and he'll be one of those people. But outside of that, I don't think he has much. Okay, well, we wish, we wish Paul all the best. Talking of standing up and uh, and striking, let's talk about Derek Chisora then, your, your mate. And the plans, give us exclusive. Is this true, the rumours, the murmurs, that he might be coming to an MMA cage? For people who don't know, obviously, a world contender-level boxer, fought for Tali Klitschko for, for a world title. And he's been a gatekeeper, really, at world level in boxing. But tempted by Bellator, is he? What, what, what's the latest? Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, you're, I think a lot of people know his personality. Um, and at the moment, he's getting a bit impatient, you know, just with regards to when boxing is going to start back. But I believe they start back next month uh, mm. as well. Um, so I, I'm sure he'll get redistracted again back into what he, what he does best. Um, and, you know, obviously where he is in, in the boxing world right now, I think it's definitely better for him to just keep focused on the boxing and, and truly, you know, get jump that last couple, you know, last few hurdles and actually be, be known as one of the, you know, another one of the great uh, British champions. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, he, he, he's, he's around us a lot and I think he's always, he, he sees what we do and he loves to, we train together, we do our fitness together and we do this and we always kind of like, uh, the boxers can't get the best scores and not better scores than us. And he's like, what are you talking about? So we always have that kind of banter and he, and he's, he, he's jumped in a couple of sessions with us just to try and see, you know, you know, what, what it's about. But, um, I, I truly see where his passion is in terms of when he talks about boxing and, you know, when he's training and the effort that he puts in when he's training, I, I truly see his passion is still in boxing. And, um, so I don't believe he'll, he'll, he'll move for now. But, I, you know, he's, still, like, he's wily. He's, he's another wily one. He could, <laughs> we could all be wrong. He could change that. But from, from, my, from what, I, what I've seen of him, I think he's, his focus, and should be anyway, his focus is in boxing. Yeah, that's, well, it's good to hear for boxing fans as well. There may be people watching from, from Sky Sports who are boxing fans. You've dabbled in that world. We spoke to Heather Hardy Last week, of course, she's from, from Brooklyn, but she's a world champion in women's boxing. But she's gone to MMA with Bellator, got a two and two record. But she says, relatively speaking, even though she headlined a boxing event at Madison Square Garden, she felt MMA treated female fighters better, was more secure in terms of, of, of pay and things like that. What's your interpretation of the two worlds? Well, um, again, it's, I think it's slightly different for me. I think, what I, weirdly enough, when I left kickboxing, I was... One of my, um, you know, I actually had to make a decision between boxing and MMA because um, I actually wanted to go into boxing as well. Um, but a good friend of mine, uh, he's like an older brother to me, Simon Lewis, he was doing the, the box. He was in the boxing world and he left from the kickboxing world years before. Um, and he said there's a, there's a lot of politics in it. Like, and if you, if you really want to get anywhere, it's going to be very difficult. Mm. Um, there's so many there's just yeah it's just it's, it's just it's too busy over there he said it's better for you to probably go over to the mixed martial arts you get to use a lot of your attributes as well or mm. that you've been using from the kickboxing um so yeah it's better to try to go over there first and and see how you do and i did and just, and just never kind of looked back for for ages but I'd, in my time doing the, the 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 mixed martial arts you know my coach would always make he's a person that you know he wants to push us to as much as possible so he's a person that would be like okay he'd bring a top boxer in and be like now you're in his world but I want you to try and beat him in his world he'd bring a top jiu-jitsu guy in he'd bring a top wrestler in and we had to keep proving ourselves in worlds that we're not comfortable in mm. just so we had to kind of prove that we you know we're, we're capable and I think just mindset as well even when you're getting knocked about but you kind of have to keep pushing yourself and keep going but I've, I've, I've kind of created a bit of a reputation in the boxing world because um, a lot of the sparring that I was doing, I was actually having my way. Mm. Um, and then, you know, David Hay, uh, he does, he does a lot. He used to do a lot of work with my my coach. They're good friends from years back. And um, he saw me spar once, and he was like, "Man, you should come over here, man. You know, <laughs> which you do well." And I think I again, I've had really good treatment, but it's only because I had not only did I have David Hay there, who's massively respected in the boxing world kind of on my shoulder which makes it easier to kind of walk through near enough every door um I also had a reputation anyway so it makes it again that much easier but I think if I didn't have those things it would definitely definitely be um a lot trickier to kind of to get in. and in that sense I can understand what she's saying in terms of in an MMA world man man or woman you get treated the same it's no one there's no real um favoritism everyone's going to have their favorites but you kind of get treated the same what about the technical aspects of it? Because obviously the organisational side, I think what you're saying there is that the MMA tends to be more structured with the governing bodies and, and fixtures, yeah. fights are, 
are kind of more easily planned out, whereas boxing could take a while to, yeah, take, to, figure, yeah. th- to, to figure things out. Uh, what yeah. about the technical aspects for, for Derek? If he was going to, because he presumably he could be matched correctly in the, in the cage, but he'd have to be up against a, a fellow striker, would he? Or, or could you guys teach him take down defence quickly enough for, for a fight? Uh, it's it's all it's all dependent on the person. Um, I, I I've seen this uh, couple of kids uh, that train with us, um, Javid and Farid, the two brothers, uh, the Basharat brothers, and they're doing extremely well. But when I, in terms of their how they learn, they soak everything up like a sponge. They could do things so quickly. But then there's other people that I can see that that they it takes them a long time. When they get it, they get it, but it takes them a lot longer. Everyone kind of has learns very different differently. So it's it's all down on on, on Derek. I, I I've always said I think it's harder to go from boxing into MMA than it is from MMA into boxing. Because I always say, well, you know, I think most of the time, most fights start with a punch in MMA. You know, yeah. you start on our feet. We don't start on on the ground. So we start very similarly that than a, as a boxing fight. It's just that we can actually do. We there's so many different things that you have to be aware of and look and look for. Whereas in boxing, it's left hand and right hand. You mm. know, in MMA, it's left elbow, left hand, <laughs> left knee, left foot, and right elbow. It, it, there's there's just too many different things to to look at. There's too many different ways to lose. Um, so it, MMA is a lot more trickier for a boxer to come into. It can be done 100%. Again, it depends on the person, but it, I think you're always going to see more MMA guys going into boxing than you would the other way around. Mm. You, you mentioned the profile side of it. Do you think some of these conversations we've seen John Jones talking about, about with Mike Tyson, <laughs> 53-year-old Mike, do you think some of these conversations elevate both sports in a way? Because you mentioned following and things like that. Are we, are we sort of bringing the world together a little bit, boxing fans with MMA fans and, and, and kind of creating sort of new fans in a way? It's, it, to be fair, it's, I think for any uh, traditional anybody, anybody that's really true to the sport and really uh, uh, proud of the sport individually, whatever sport it is, these, these conversations are very annoying. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, Business-wise, marketing-wise, entertainment seems to just mishmash into one. Now, we've got YouTubers doing boxing um, and then talking about going into MMA as well. We've got wrestlers and MMA guys going into wrestling, wrestling coming over to MMA, to boxing. Like It's all one kind of pool now. Um, It was so far apart before, but I think just... The way the world works now, as long as you've got a following and you can make, they, you know, they can monetize that following. They're, they're, I think everybody seems to be happy for anybody to do whatever they want. Mm. Um, uh, so it, as it, it can be, some of the conversations can be annoying, but it makes sense. I get it. Like I said, I always, always look, at, I always try to look from it from from both points of view. It does elevate both sports because I think even you we can see that from the Mayweather uh, uh, McGregor fight, how how massive that that fight was um we can definitely see how it can elevate uh to both sports i think there's a lot of boxing fans just found out about uh, mcgregor and then started to watch some of his fights and now they know about khabib and now they know about diaz and they know about all these they, now they now they're fans of mma and they probably wouldn't have been without if it wasn't for that fight so and again the same when you have your, your Logan Pauls and your K, KSI, all their fans that probably not necessarily were even into it or maybe heard about one or two people are now truly actually watching the sport. Mm-hmm. It's great for the sport. But um, like I say, if you're a pugilist of any, any specific sport, then <laughs> yeah. it's, not something you, it's not something you care about hearing. No, we won't, we won't talk about how YouTubers doing MMA might look at this point <laughs> on, this, on this, this conversation. Let's wrap up. I guess on a positive note, because they, they won at the weekend, Manchester United, you're a big, you're a big fan of Manchester oh, yes. United for, for Sky Sports. Yeah. Got to ask you about that. Through in the mm-hmm. FA Cup, Europa League, if that happens, still in it. What are your, what are your thoughts on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this season? Yeah, you know, um, uh, the team, you know, I think the, the, one of the positives that come out since we've kind of started back is seeing Pogba and um, Fernandez just working together. I think they, they they can really cause some damage in that middle of the park. Um, but the team is just we just we still have so many changes to make. And even today, I heard that you know they wasn't willing to pay um, for Jaden Sancho or a certain mm-hmm. amount for Jaden Sancho. And I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> we need we need we need some of these. We've got the money. We need the players. One of the biggest clubs in the world. We need to. 
we need a, a step up now. We really, I, I don't, I'm not a massive, I, I, I am a fan of the way he's bringing through the youngsters and, and having them work together and really developing the team. Um, but at the same time, we do need some solid, some solid players um, in. So, I, 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 you know, we've seen the likes of Chelsea make, make early moves and I'm kind of sitting here like twitching, like, what are we doing though? You know, it's great to see them playing and playing well, but, you know, we really need to start <laughs> thinking about how we're actually going to yeah, improve the team. And uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of dead wood in the team as well that we need to let go of. They're a bit of a waste uh, financially as well and can then clear up space for us to, you know, bring more players in. Um, but yeah, overall, I do I do like the team. I, I, I'm a massive fan of what, what he has been doing. Mm. Um, and I was one I was the one, I, one of the people that said, just keep, you have to keep him and, I, I'm, I'm tired of this like new manager every every year or you know sometimes you don't even get that long uh, <laughs> I, you know back in the day it was a case of you had to work with the manager and have him develop the team I think teams are a bit more driven by players which is is not not a good mm. look you know because players seem to chop and change their, their mentalities drop and lift like the weather in in England so <laughs> you don't you don't ever want them driving forward as a team so we need we need to support a manager and have it regardless and just give him the time to develop the same way Ferguson when he first came in the first first three seasons was shaky and they were talking about getting rid of him and and all of a sudden now he's you know known as the one of the greatest managers of all time for a reason you know they they gave him that space to breathe um, and actually execute what he wants to execute because these things people think these you get quick fixes with like big name managers and it's not we've seen with the likes of like Mourinho and Van Gaal and all these people it's, it doesn't work like that so we need to give him time. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because you're in a fiercely individual sport and you mentioned the names Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, Martial, Rashford, there's some Maguire, there's some great individual players there. Is that the difference from, I suppose, that Ferguson, given that time, is, is building a team? Is it, you kind of don't see maybe the same interconnectedness of a team at the moment. Yeah, not, not, not. Uh, yeah, it just, yeah, it doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be there. I don't know what it is because we don't get to see them in the changing room. You can't, you know, I can't, can't necessarily kind of comment on that on that side of things. But um, yeah, they. I feel that they, they even they need time to develop as a squad and actually even just their relationships their how, how I think that's going to help how they work together outside and off the field is going to help how they work together on the field and you've seen certain people pair up and they're good friends and you hear about their good friends and you see online that they spend time together and then when they work together on the field it's it's it's, it's magical mm. but yeah we, we we need more we need more more of that I believe we, there's some great players and even Rashford and Martial recently have been they seem to have kind of slotted in their fixed positions and um they've been working together great but there's there's always they i felt before they've been both of them to be fair as great as they are they they keep getting pushed to the left pushed to the right in the middle up front this they they never settled in a position um and, and at least now they've had time to really settle and, and understand that it, it makes for me it makes it easy if i if i've played in the same position time and time again i know the runs you're making before you even want to make it you know, but if you're if you're not on, if you're not always on the left, you're not always on the right. You're not. Always, I don't. I never know how to find you. I have to take the extra second to look up and see where you are, and that extra second can you know get you tackled or make you miss that pass or lose that opportunity. Yeah, it can be frustrating for Man United fans, especially when Liverpool are winning their first title in 30 years. <laughs> yeah. across the I, I, I have to say, I was being, but I just found it. I thought it was going to be really funny if they actually did cancel the league. <laughs> I would have been laughing my head off. I'm sorry to yeah. Liverpool fans, but to be fair, regardless, I always say this: I'm a football fan first, um, and they they have lost over the last couple, of years, last three four years. They have been playing uh, really great football, and Klopp is a great manager, man. I have to say, mm. he can, he's someone that has just drawn that team the element of team together and at Liverpool and it, it has been great to watch over the years and how he's how he's progressed and yeah. I just hope to see see the same at Man United yeah unbelievable numbers from Liverpool great numbers from you so far in your career Michael we really appreciate your time as well and I um, hope to see you back out in the cage soon oh yes yeah well thank you for having me uh, much appreciated much appreciated so there we have it Michael Venom Page thought that was really candid of him really insightful Interesting that he talks even as a young black man growing up in East London and not being aware of maybe some racism, unconscious bias towards him, stop and search measures by the police, things like uh, of that nature, and a kind of open platform. In fact, I, 
in terms of what I mentioned in there, had another engaging conversation with another man from Caribbean heritage, another British combat sports specialist, Matt Skilton, former European boxing champion from Bedford, but also had a background in Muay Thai and kickboxing. And he was talking about the importance of conversation, being open, discussing what people feel comfortable with, what makes them uncomfortable, what people find offensive, what they don't, just uh, really being clear. And he actually says that he'd like to sit down with with racist people and, and, and kind of ask them why and get to the bottom of it. Um, so he, that was a fascinating discussion. And Michael Venom Page as well, to, to read the Matt Skelton piece, just Google Matt Skelton, his last name, S-K-E-L-T-O-N, Sky Sports. And you'll be able to uh, read a piece that I did with him. Uh, which got a lot of traction online. I think people found found his kind of attitude quite illuminating. He says that he tries to stamp out discriminate, discriminatory talk, conversation amongst uh, people of all backgrounds when he, when he hears them talk about generalising and stereotypes around certain ethnicities and, and skin colours and things like that. So at the end of the day, it is, uh, you know, we're all human. I think that's the reality, isn't it? Racist to a certain extent, a social construct, but a powerful and pervasive one that is clearly influencing people's lives today. Anyway, I hope that was uh, something you enjoyed, particularly if you are a mixed martial arts fan or a boxing fan. That was a lot more, I guess, similar to some of the more podcast chats. Though I did that for Sky Sports um, YouTube page. I think it's more of the tone and tenor of, of some of the stuff I've done here in terms of not only talking about sport, but the kind of wider picture of, of people's lives and things like that so hopefully that was of interest to you let me know if you like it please rate it on itunes if you do my social media ed draper 81 on twitter ed underscore draper 81 on instagram as well and there's a facebook page and things like that but it'd be great to hear from you i hope you enjoyed it thanks again to bang Olufsen of cheltenham and serene av sponsors of the podcast specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands and providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And remember, supplements, if you're keen to boost your health, looking to get some food trace elements into your diet, selenium, zinc, things that may be slightly depleting our soil, depending on your calorific intake per day, you can get them cytoplan.co.uk and the discount code DRAPER10, D-R-A-P-E-R-10, my last name, all capital letters, number 10, one zero and you get 10% off. Anyway, guys, I hope you're well. I hope you have a good weekend. A bit rainy here in England at the moment, but as things start to open up, the pub's opening up, which is uh, an interesting development, whilst swimming pool's still not open, gym's still not open in the UK, which is a frustration to some, including me. I haven't swum for now for three and a half months. I used to do it three or four times a week. Miss it a lot, the open-air pool. And gym, a little bit too. You can do some weights and stuff at home, not quite the same but particularly the swimming pool and five-a-side football. Missed that a lot, but it's small fries and it compared to what a lot of people have suffered health-wise and financially at the moment. Anyway, guys, go well. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening.